Faith. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It is by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken into heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anybody who wants to come to him must first believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that have never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go find another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner, living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise, and so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there was no way to count them. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and welcomed it. They agree that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country that they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they would have just gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. It is by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is a son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently to the people of Israel that they would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. 
It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child and that they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses led the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invincible. He was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorpost so that the anger of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they, they all drowned. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and that the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. How much more do I need to say? It took too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jehovah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and some backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, and others were killed by the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats and destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne.
Welcome to the Color and Chaos podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Whether this is your first time or many a time, thank you so much for being a part of this. My name is Jonah and I'm recording from Macomb, Michigan. Fire makes diamonds and this this podcast exists in order for us to lean into that process and not run away from it. And so God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. I want to pray for you and then we'll jump into today's message. And um, just thank you again for being here. All right, let's pray. Lord God, just thank you for who you are and what you're doing. Thank you so much for giving this opportunity for us to be here today. Thank you for your word. Lord, just please let this word take root in our lives, in our heart. Lord, let it not just be something that we read, but it's something that we, we feel and know that is you and your word. Lord, help us just be present. Help us be actively pursuing you, knowing that you are actively pursuing us. Lord, for those that maybe are going through something very hard or difficult or painful or chaotic, Lord, will you let them know that they are not alone and that they are loved so far beyond anything that this world can tell them and that they were created with such a far greater purpose than anything this world can offer. So Lord, help us just lean into you, help there be a genuineness in this conversation and help there be a genuineness of heart as we bring ourselves to you. We need you, Lord, and we're nothing without you and we look to you. In your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. We just read from Hebrews 11, and then um, chapter 12, we read from verse 1 all the way down to verse 2. So we read through verse 1 and verse 2. And so I want to go into this a little bit, but I wanted to share um, just a little bit what's been going on in my life recently, because I feel like it applies to this, this, this chapter and these verses that we read in chapter 12. And so um, this last week, I was able to go to Chicago. I have an older brother. His name is Caleb. It's actually his birthday as of uh, this podcast coming out. So happy birthday, Caleb. As I was leaving, I had to leave pretty quickly a Saturday early morning because I had something that I had to be a part of here in Detroit. And so as I was in the car, I was trying to leave Chicago. And um, anytime you leave a big city, at least for me, I don't know if you can relate with this, but anytime I'm leaving a big city, I'm already kind of tense because uh, the traffic and, and all the different roads and signs that are just kind of flying by. And, and it, unless you know exactly where you're going, it's so easy to get lost or to get turned around. And so I had my GPS on my phone to my left and I was driving and I was just trying to pay attention as much as I could to try to get out of this city before the rush hour started to pick up there in Chicago. And so I was leaving the city and at some point, I, it just kind of hit me that a lot of signs were passing me by. Every moment, for the most part, there was an exit sign. There's an exit sign, and there was like three different exit signs of one, one shift. So there would be like um, an exit, then exit A or exit B or exit C. And then you had a lot of different interstates that kind of interwove. So now you had to decide, okay, let me make sure I'm going on the right interstate. And then you had lanes for express and for local traffic. And so there's just a lot of things going on. And, and for some reason, I was just thinking as I was driving and listening to the music and kind of talking with the Lord as I was trying to pay attention to my directions, I was just kind of thinking and in a way, I guess, kind of um, just kind of laughing at the reality that there were so many signs that have passed me by, but I couldn't recall what those signs said. That if somebody was sitting with me and they were, you know, they asked me a question like, hey, Jonah, what did that last exit sign say? I wouldn't have been able to tell them because I was so focused on where I was going. 
And then it was almost like it just kind of I, I had a thought in in the same um, in the same way as the thought that I just had in that moment. But I had a thought that what if my walk with the Lord was that focused, just like right now that I'm driving, I'm so focused. So after thinking that, my mind went to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And we read it at the very beginning of this podcast, but I wanted to read it again. And this is from the NLT, so the New Living Translation. And this is what Hebrews 12 says. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And in this translation, it says the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. I know I memorized it with author and perfecter. Um, so, so regardless of whatever you memorize it as, it's, it's the, same, the same idea. It's the, the originator of our faith and the perfecter of that faith. And so in, here in Hebrews, as we read earlier, you have the author of Hebrews, which we don't know who the author is, but you have the author of Hebrews just kind of breaking down all of the things that the Old Testament pointed towards, and ultimately it's fulfilled through Jesus. And so it went through people like Abraham and, and David and, and other just mighty men of the Old Testament that so easily we can look at and just kind of be like, wow, you know, that's cool for them, but I don't know how that applies to me the author of Hebrews is saying, okay, since these people were looking towards Christ, therefore, now that we have seen him, and therefore, now that we have been able to know him and to be a part of his kingdom, of his family, therefore, let us run even more boldly, even more than what the mighty men of old have done. One of the thoughts that came to me as I was just thinking of all those exit signs that I passed by that I wasn't focusing on because I was, I was heading, I had a destination and a direction that I was going. One of the things that kind of came to me is when you don't know where you are going, when, when you look at your life right now as you're listening or watching this, if you right now look at your life and you don't have a sense of direction and you don't have a sense of destination, then we as people, we are so just prone to just settle for the prettier signs. As I was driving, it didn't matter what the exit signs that I passed looked like. Some exit signs were beautiful. Some exit signs had, you know, signs for some, some of my favorite restaurants or some of my favorite stores. Some of the signs that I passed of exit signs that I passed that outside near the exit had flower beds and it, and it looked really nice. Or maybe off the exit a little bit, I can see a little bit of a skyline and I can see buildings that looked really beautiful or I can see trees and flowers that looked very appealing. But since I had a direction and a destination, no matter the alluringness of the exit signs that I passed, I wasn't going to settle and pull off on that exit. Why? Because I, ha- I, was, I was heading in a, de- de- in a destination, in a direction. I had a place that I was going. And as I was thinking that sometimes we as people, sometimes especially in the chaos of our life, we will settle for exit signs to get us off of it as soon as possible. Why? Because it's prettier. And since we don't have any direction in that moment, we will settle for anything. We are just, just kind of going, going by and just settling for what is prettier. And here in Hebrews 12, the author is saying that, look, since we have a destination and a direction, 
which as he's talking about, our destination is to be in the presence of God. Our direction is through Jesus. So through Jesus, we get to our destination of being able to be and to be fulfilled by our creator, savior, and sustainer. And that happens through the direction of Christ. And so since we have that, we can strip off all of the sin and the, and the, the, the easy, shallow things that we settle for. Why? Because it is entangling us from being and, and, and becoming who it is that we were created to be. So when we don't know where we are going, we will settle for the prettier signs. I know in my life, there's been many times I can look back on with regrets that instead of staying focused on Christ and having that direction and having that destination, instead I was, I was overtaken and I was distracted by the alluringness of the different exit signs that I passed on the road that I was going down. And I can look back in my life and see many times of my life with regrets that oh, I, should have, I, I shouldn't have wavered off of the path. And instead, I, I, I settled for something less than the best that the Lord was offering to give me if I just stayed focused on Him. So whether it be relationships that, that I got into that I, I maybe shouldn't have stayed as long as I did, or maybe it was decisions and behaviors that I accepted because I just thought it was okay, but now it's just like, oh, you know, that, that wasn't the best action or choice that I could have made. No matter what it is, no matter what it is that, that those exercises that we settle for, the, the, the moment that we get the sense of direction and destination those are the moments that we say, okay, I want to do whatever it takes to get off of where I'm at and get back on the road that I need to be on. And sometimes it's through the hardships of our lives that we are just tuned in to the GPS, tuned into our creator, savior, and sustainer. And we're saying sometimes for the first time, sometimes we are saying in that chaos, okay, look, I am lost and I need help. I need direction. I need guidance. I want you to lead me. I want you to be who I am focused on. Not any of this shallow stuff that got me off track, but I want to be focused on you. And I know that it's, it's in those moments that we just say, okay, look, I need direction. Those are the moments that we can turn to the Lord and get that direction as the book of Hebrews was saying, that we stay focused on the author and the perfecter of our faith. Why? Because we, are, we want to be more like him. When you don't know where you're going, you will settle for the prettier things and we will settle for the prettier things. Another thing that I thought about as I was driving and, and I was just thinking about that and the analogy of, of, of driving down the road and staying focused on, our, on our, our purpose that our creator has given us that can only be found in him. One of the things I also thought about is that many times I know when I'm driving or when we are driving, sometimes even with the best intentions, we get lost or we get turned around. Or sometimes the GPS looks like one thing and we think it's saying get off on this exit, but in reality it was the exit, you know, a little bit down, down the road. I know that's happened to me many times. I don't know if that's happened to you, but there's many times I'm looking at the GPS and for me, I use Google Maps because it's a lot easier for me to kind of follow. But the Apple Maps, especially the, the, map, the maps that come with Apple devices, that app trips me up because I feel like it's saying one thing, but in reality it's saying another thing. And even with my best intentions, even when I want to, with all of my heart, get to where I'm going, sometimes I get turned around. And that's natural. That will happen. 
And we as people, even with our best intentions, sometimes we get turned around. Sometimes we think that God is saying one thing, but in reality, he's saying something different. And we, we, we followed him. We thought we were following him. And now we're questioning, God, where are you? I thought you were here. I thought you were telling me to do this. And now we kind of feel lost and confused. And we're trying to figure out, okay, how do I make sense out of this? And Lord, where are you? When we are driving and that happens, what we do is, well, there's two things, there's many things that we could do, but two things kind of come to my mind. One of the things that we do is that we keep trucking and we just keep pushing through it. And our stubbornness and our pride can sometimes tell us that, it, no, 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 just keep going. You'll figure this out on your own. And I know in my case, every time that I've done that, I've always kind of got even more lost and regretted the decision that I made to do that. And at that point, it's a little harder to find help. But the second point, that, that sometimes when we're driving, we get lost. The other thing that we can do is pull over, throw up that SOS, get out the phone and call, or go to a store somewhere that you can trust and ask for directions. And our walk with the Lord is no different. What the author of this book in Hebrews is saying, he's saying, look, since we can look back on all these people that we can trust, why? Because we have seen in their life that they have lived and walked the talk that they had in their life, that they literally lived this out unto death. Therefore, since we can look to these people, let's look to them and ask them for direction and help. And now the way that we ask for direction and help is that we turn to God's word and we say, Lord, show me your character and also show, show me who I am. Show me who I am. Show me how I'm prone to wander. Show me how me as, 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 a, as a mankind, part of mankind, show me as a human, what am I prone to do? What, what are the decisions I'm prone to make? Help me learn from those that, that are a, a crowd of witnesses that have come before me whether it be Abraham like we read earlier or, or Isaac or you know, whether it be Rahab, wh whoever it is, when we turn to God's word, we are seeking help. We are seeking direction because we know that on our own and in our pride and stubbornness, that only leads us to get more lost. Now, there sometimes are anomalies when, when our pride and our stubbornness, sometimes, sometimes it works itself out. But for the most part, that's not something that you want. We, we would want or we should want to live by. Maybe you've tried to do something on your own and you've figured out a solution. That is awesome. But at the end of the day, with something as fragile and as precious as our lives, is that really a gamble that we want to take? I know for me, that's not a gamble I want to take. And it's in the moments of chaos that I realize, wait, I'm not as in control as I thought I was. It's in the moments of hurt and pain and confusion and trauma, all these things that come. Those are the moments that there's something within me that cries out for something greater than me. And I feel like that is, that is our heart crying out for our creator. And that is something that we can't run away from. There's sometimes when I get lost that I pull over to a store or, or wherever that there's somebody Maybe even it's on a red light and I roll down the window and this happened to me and Caleb when we were in Chicago. A uh, lady rolled down the window and asked us for directions like really quick at a red light. 
And so that lady didn't even want to wait till she got to somewhere else. She wanted just to ask. But I can guarantee you if me and my brother Caleb would have just been like, oh, you know, I don't know, but then said, I think it's over there, then I'm pretty sure that she wouldn't have been as assured that whatever advice that she got was correct. But instead, she would have kind of still been in that doubt, and that doubt would have started to still linger. But, but since Caleb, living there in Chicago, knew what he was talking about, he told her with confidence and she walked away with more of firmness of what, what it is that she once was doubting, but now she had a, she had a knowledge in where she needed to go. And likewise, sometimes when we look to help, sometimes we look to the wrong people and we look to people that at first we're, we're just kind of desperate, so we'll turn to anything. But what the, what, what, what the Lord is saying through the word is not just to turn to anybody and say, okay, can you direct me towards the Lord? But instead to turn to his word, because first and foremost, his word is what would direct us even more accurately than any one of us. But we shouldn't neglect turning to others as well. And so that's where the idea of the church comes in, that the church, the, the body of Christ the church is a community of followers of Christ that are seeking after him and are striving to know him more and to be able to walk and to, to be around the, 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 the crowd of many witnesses, just like what we just talked about here in Hebrews, that they looked back towards the people of the Old Testament. But even the church, even us as people, we sometimes can get it wrong and sometimes we are not the best representation of, of what, is, what really the word is saying. So that's why we need to know his word. We need to know the, the director and the author and the perfecter of our faith in order to know the direction and the destination that we should be going. All that to say is that when we are lost, we want to take, take what we receive with faith in order for us to implement it into action. So when we feel like we're lost, let us seek people that we can trust and that we can apply to our lives so that we can walk closer to the Lord. And at the end of the day, if somebody is following after the Lord, it won't go against his word. That's why we need to know his word in order to match the word with the testimony of people in order to see if it matches and lines up in order for us to have confidence on this journey that we are traveling for us not to get lost and for us not to settle on false exit signs, thinking that is God, but in reality is not. So the first thing that we talked about is that, you know, when we don't know where we're going, we are just going to settle for whatever allures us the most. And the second thing we talked about is that when we get lost, we seek people in order and we seek, we seek a direction and a destination in order to get us back on the right road that we need to be on. And, and, and all of us, all of us will have times that we, we, we have moments where we get off on the wrong exit. But those are the moments that we throw our hands up and say, Lord, help me get back and not have that pride and that stubbornness that will lead us to even more lostness. Another thing as I was thinking about, as I was just thinking about, you know, this application of, of traveling and having a destination and a direction that is centered on the word and centered on Christ. Another thing that I thought about was as I was driving and later on down the road, it was about two hours down the road after that moment that, that I was thinking about the exit signs, I saw a, a huge line of cars from a distance 
in the opposite opposing lane on the interstate, and it seemed like traffic was backed up. Now, this was in the morning around 6 o'clock, so in my mind, originally, I thought it was just rush hour, so that it was just a natural progression of how things were going. But as I got closer, I noticed that there was an 18-wheeler that completely veered off road and crashed into a column on a bridge and over uh, an overhang that that as the 618-wheeler or however big the truck was, as it was going, something must have happened and the driver kind of steered a little bit to the left and smacked the column. And in turn, there was so much destruction, not only to the vehicle, I didn't see the driver, but I saw a lot of police cars trying to just stop traffic in order for them to attend to what just happened. And another thing that hit me is that sometimes as we're going through this life, now in this situation, I don't know what happened. I don't know if the driver fell asleep. I don't know if the driver maybe hydroplaned. It wasn't raining, so I don't think it was that. I don't know if maybe the, the driver was distracted and just kind of veered off the road a little bit. Whatever it was, sometimes when we're tr- going through this life, sometimes through external circumstances or maybe even internal circumstances, we can fall asleep Something can happen and our lives just turn into a wreck. Maybe it's something that we have done. Maybe it's something that somebody else done to us. In those moments, it can feel like the, the, the journey is over. It can feel like in that moment that, okay, you know, I might as well just end it. That there's no purpose or point of me even living or being here. And I want to tell you, if that's you, if you've felt that or you are feeling that your life is such a wreck and maybe, again, maybe it's something that you have done or maybe something somebody has done to you, what I want to tell you is that you are not too far gone, that that we don't have a creator that wants to redeem what you have gone through in order to get you back on the road because he has a plan and purpose for you that goes far beyond the wreck of your life. In the Bible, we see every single person that was used for God's glory. We see that these people were, were they, they, they had slip-ups and mess-ups, and they made wrecks out of their lives. At our local church, we recently were talking about Samson and how Samson was a mighty man in the Old Testament. And, and there's so much behind his birth and, and his upbringing that God just had favor on Samson. But Samson got a little prideful and arrogant and he, he made a wreck out of his life. But at the end of his life, he finally surrendered up to the Lord and said, Lord, use me for your good and for your glory. And the Lord did. Even though it cost his life, the Lord still used him. He had a plan and purpose for Samson. And at the end of the day, Samson was pointed, he was looking forward, just like we read in Hebrews. Samson was looking forward to the redemption that Christ would offer. Samson knew in his brokenness, that he was as good as dead, but he looked forward to the redemption and the forgiveness that Christ would offer. He knew that God would make a way in his wreck and his chaos. And likewise, just like Samson or King David or anybody that we can think of in the scripture, Peter, at the end of the day, faith makes it possible for us to overcome the wreckage and the chaoses of our lives because by faith, We take that step into the unknown, not on our own strength, but on the strength of the Lord. In Hebrews 11, we read at the very beginning, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Heavy heart, no matter what you may be going through, 
if you feel like you've made a wreckage out of your life, maybe right now you can't see a hope for tomorrow. But what the Lord would want to tell you and want to tell me, especially through this passage, is that when we can't see a tomorrow, we have to understand that in Christ, we know that he is our tomorrow. He has demonstrated how he is our tomorrow because he has forgiven us. Christ would not have forgiven you if there is no point of you being here. He forgave you. He forgave me in order for us to know him and for us to make him known and for us to be who he's created us to be from the very beginning. And ultimately, the Lord wants us to be in the presence of him in eternity. And that happens through faith and that happens through surrender. He has a destination when we don't. And he has a direction when we lose sense of any sort of direction of our life. So no matter the wreckage of your life, that there is a hope that can be found through faith in Christ. There's a hope that can be found in a faith through Christ. And if you feel like you've made such a wreck out of your life that you just want to end it, I want to tell you, no, that there is so much more to this journey than right now maybe what you can see. There is so much more to this journey than what now you may be able to see. There is so much more. At the end of the day, we can trust God to get us properly to where we need to be. We can trust God to get us properly to where we need to be. Another passage from scripture that comes to my mind is 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 16. This is what Paul says to the Corinthian church. He says this, verse 16, therefore, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that is far outweighs them all. So we can fix our eyes. Remember the analogy of fixing our eyes on the destination and the direction. So we can fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Every time that we seek direction for our life, it takes faith to put that into action. We have to come to, the, to terms with the, rea- with the reality that we will place faith in something. And I rather place a faith in my creator, savior, and sustainer than to place it in another person or even in myself. Another verse that also comes to my mind is Proverbs 3, 5. And in this, the author writes, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. And verse six, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He will make your path straight. Heavy heart, if right now you feel so just confused on life and direction and purpose and you're trying just to understand why am I here and what, what is my calling, what is my destiny? What it could be found in is in the Lord saying, okay, ultimately it's not my it's not my place to figure this out, but instead, all I have to do is surrender to you because I know that you know what I'm longing to know. So I'm looking to you to make my path straight. Help me stay on the road that you have created me to stay on, rooted in your word that is eternal and your word that can be trusted. Help direct my path, make my path straight. Another, another thing, and we'll end on this. In Psalms 119, verse 105. 
This is what the psalmist says. He says this, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light unto my path. The psalmist doesn't worry about where he's going. Why? Because his word is a light to his, to his path. May we as people not look for the, the, the light of other people's opinions or other people's thoughts or other people's worldview, but instead let us go to the word of God with confidence saying, Lord, help me know you. In Jeremiah 29, 13, one of my favorite verses, God tells Jeremiah, when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Heavy heart, rest assured, if you wanna grow in Jesus in Christ and in his word, it will happen when you say, help me, help me. When we ask for direction to those that we can trust, when we seek the Lord and his word and, and say, Lord, give me a, even a mustard seed faith to be able to trust and have faith in what I cannot see. At the end of the day, we have a creator, savior, standard that wants to have a personal and intimate relationship with you. And that begins through surrender and saying, Jesus, forgive me, take my life, I am yours. Help renew me day by day to be who you originally created me to be before my sin and before my death. Lord, make me born again, create a, a new heart within me, a pure heart within me to be who you've created me to be and to do what you've created me to do. When we find direction and a destination, through our creator, savior, sustainer, we will find so much more than what the exit signs offer. So let's pray. Lord God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your, your patience and your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your realness. Thank you that you are genuine and that you are not just an abstract concept that we think of in our mind, but you are the living God. And that one day you will restore all things. You will restore all things and all the chaos in our heart. One day it will make sense that all things will work out for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. And Lord, we look to you for that purpose. Lord, we don't want to just have an emotional response to you, but we want to have a relationship that is rooted in your word and rooted in an identity centered around you not an identity centered around what people think is right and, and true. At the end of the day, Lord, we want to look to you for our direction and for our destination. Lord, we want to be who you've created us to be. Help us do that. We need you and we look to you. Lord, I pray for those that have had things in their life, whether it be internally or externally, that they just feel like such a wreck and such a lost cause right now. Lord, will you please give them the strength to make it through today and make it through tomorrow? Because ultimately, Lord, you have so much more planned for their life than they can understand and comprehend right now in the fog that they are in. So Lord, please deliver us from the sin that so easily entangles and help us stay focused on you and feel a peace through the forgiveness that you offer through Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that there is purity, that there is, there is forgiveness, that there is love, that there is purpose, there is identity that can be found in you regardless of what we've done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you lead us 
you are the most faithful GPS, Lord. In the moments that we we think we we know what you're saying and, and maybe we make a misstep, Lord, you are, you are not there to beat us up, but you're there to redirect us back to where we need to be because you care that much about us. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't have envy. It doesn't boast. It's not self-seeking. Lord, help us look to you knowing that you are the epitome of love and you care so much about us. We need you, Lord. We look to you. Despite the exit signs, Lord, we look to you. In your name, we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being a part of this. And and I apologize if, if this is a little more passionate than usual, but I just love being able to see things just with all of my senses that point towards a bigger truth. And with this, this is something that, that oh man, the analogy of just driving, driving and, and being focused just paralleled so much with Hebrews 11 and verse 12. As I'm looking at my scripture right now, uh, verse 34 in Hebrews 11, it says this. It says, their weakness was turned to strength. May your weakness today be turned to strength when we turn to the Lord by saying, look, when I am weak, you are strong. When I am weak, you are strong. God bless you. I look forward to uh, just hearing what the Lord's doing in your life. Feel free to, if this is blessed, you share it. If you are listening to this on iTunes, please write a review. That really does help. It helps expand the reach of this podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, please recommend this to your friends on YouTube. Um, feel free to like and write a comment. Let me know what it is that, that you thought about this episode. So God bless you. I look forward to talking to you soon, and I'll see you later. See ya.